For those of you Bearcats fans who are still skeptical about Scott Satterfield, let's take a journey down I-71 to find out what we're really getting in the Bearcats' next head football coach. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. That is Lockdown Bearcats, and today I'm joined in a, I guess you could call this a crossover edition. We'll have another one next week because our teams are bowling together in a week from Saturday up at Fenway Park. Dalton Pence from Locked On Louisville. He's also a recruiting analyst for Card Sports Zone. You can follow him on Twitter at dpence underscore. Dalton, uh, first let me ask you this. Um, how, um, how busy of a week has this been? Because it's been crazy up here the last two weeks. How about for you guys down in, uh, down in Louisville? Yeah, um, to say it's been busy definitely feels like some sort of an understatement. Um, obviously, the news around Louisville at the moment, uh, before all of this dropped, wasn't really football-based. I think um, the loss to Kentucky kind of took a little bit of the um, the glamour out of the solid second half of the season. It was mainly directed toward the very, very um, rough basketball start. Cardinals are 0-8. Uh, I know that Cincinnati is one of those losses. Uh, that was suffered in the Maui Invitational, but um, it was um, pretty much all basketball-centered talk around around the city, which it tends to be in December. Not a lot of football talk, but once the Satterfield news dropped, obviously that's what's dominated social media and the news outlets. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I listen, I do feel for Louisville basketball because seeing <laughs> them in 0-8 just doesn't feel right. And it just makes me think that you're yeah. probably just looking forward to baseball season. I have a tremendous amount of respect for um, what Louisville baseball has done over the last, really, 15 years. Right. So let me first ask you this. Can you tell Bearcats fans what exactly they're getting under Scott's, with Scott Satterfield? Well, that, that's, that's a complex question that requires a little bit of a backstory. Uh, to fully uh, explain that, you kind of have to talk about where Scott Satterfield was in his tenure at Louisville. Ending year five, um, through the first three seasons, year one uh, overachieves, gets to eight wins after Bobby Petrino's team went two and ten. Um, the next two years was a matter of just losing the 50-50 games. Um, not a lot of things to be encouraged about, but in the offseason, he preached some changes. The recruiting was on the upswing, uh, thanks to NIL and other factors. Um, but after starting out 2-3 and three this season, it seemed like the writing was on the wall that Scott Satterfield probably wasn't going to be the coach in 2023. Granted, he ends the season by going, um, I think it's 5-2 and two to end the year. I had an episode that basically said, look, I don't think that Louisville fire Satterfield. I think he's going to get a fifth year with the recruiting that he's done, uh, trying to utilize the transfer portal. Yes, changes are going to need to be made, but I think he's going to get a fifth year to prove himself. So to answer your question in, in a long way around, I think that 
Um, you know, it was a very interesting decision for Satterfield. I like the move for him because it kind of resets the coaching clock. He gets a little bit of time uh, because who knows? There was no guarantee that he was going to make it out of Louisville at the end of next year, depending on how next season went. It was going to all be about results. But it's hard to answer that question because offensively, there's a lot to be desired there. Um, defensively, Brian Brown, your new defensive coordinator, um, was another guy that got a lot of criticism but decided to uh, switch the defense up a little bit this season halfway through, start to bring the house a little bit more, a lot of different defensive blitz packages, and the defense kind of came around. So it's hard to answer that question. I really don't have a, a true answer because didn't necessarily leave on the greatest of terms. Yeah, talk to me about, and for Bearcats fans listening to this, how you at Louisville, because I'm getting comments from fans and listeners that say, oh, Louisville should be elated that he's out of there and you guys can now deal with him. And, oh, this is a terrible hire by Cincinnati. What is Cincinnati doing? Mm -hmm. So how do Louisville fans view Scott Satterfield and the job that he did in his four years there? There's a lot of rejoicing going on in the city of Louisville right now. I'll be completely honest and, and very brutally frank. Um, the vibes around Scott Satterfield's tenure was that, um, you know, through four years, some of the same issues that were uh, problems in year one were still problems in year four. Um, the recruiting up to the NIL standpoint was kind of average, um, had a couple of solid prospects come through Louisville, but really not many, not a ton of draft picks that he brought in himself. Um, just not a ton of uh, inspiration on the offensive side of the football. Defense saw improvement, but offensively, I mean, with all of the skill players Louisville had, it's wild to think that the offense was never better than it was. So um, I, I think that people were tolerant of Scott Satterfield at the in, in the current sense, um, not necessarily thrilled, there is a little bit to look forward to trying to create some inspiration with the recruiting uh, upswing and possibly having one of the best classes in program history come through. So that's something to focus on. But on the field, 0-3 um, against Kentucky, two of those were virtually um, not even you know, competition. So it, it it's tough to answer. I mean, you have some parts of the fan base that believe that he did a good job the majority was just ready for a change. Um, you know, Jeff Brom's name's been thrown out there since he declined the job in 2018. His name resurfaced last year. There was a solid chance. What people don't realize, there was a solid chance Satterfield wasn't going to be back um, this season, but there was a whole debacle between the president, the athletic director, and uh, Louisville ends up keeping Satterfield. So um, I think a lot of Louisville fans, the vast majority, are probably, I mean, we appreciate all the good that he did here, but the the vast majority is that um you know it's sort of a rejoicing time okay so what was the perception when he was hired because i mean you talk about the situation that he inherited and you know this well dalton he went two and ten. i mean louisville was two and ten in 2018 and that was only two years removed from when lamar jackson won the heisman trophy so he inherits a rough situation i mean what was the perception of the fan base and, and, and describe to us mm -hmm. Bearcats fans because I think it's similar to when Luke Fickle took over at Cincinnati describe the situation 
um, with the Louisville football program when Scott Satterfield took over. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, didn't he like do something drastic to the practice facility upon his arrival? If my memory serves me right. That I'm not sure. Um, I don't think so. I know that Louisville had some um, upgrades in the works throughout uh, the 2010s. I, I don't necessarily think that that was a Satterfield-led uh, initiative. But um, So I, I really couldn't answer that. I'm not sure. It might be, but I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, the perception around the team was that the team was talented in 2018. It had talent, but at the wrong positions. It was depleted in the trenches. Bobby Petrino, um, ever since Tom George got fired, the uh, previous athletic director who he had a really good relationship with, it seemed like he just – Threw in the towel, uh, stopped caring, stopped focusing on recruiting, especially in the trenches. Louisville was extremely rough in terms of depth in the offensive and defensive line positions. Um, had more wide receivers than offensive linemen at one point in 2018, which kind of uh, tells you everything you need to know there. Um, so, I mean, the team had talent, as you saw uh, in 2019 when Satterfield took over. Uh, when Satterfield took over, um, the hire was viewed – uh, mainly in, in the sense of stability. Obviously, Brom was choice number one. Satterfield was hired probably a couple days after Brom turned down the position. There was a lot of optimism. Uh, what he had done at Appalachian State, um, you know, competed with some Power Five teams while um, the head coach in Boone, North Carolina. But um, it was mainly, you know, focused on bringing stability back to the program, um, becoming a team that succeeds in not turning the football over, um, sets the tone at the line of scrimmage, and has a solid defense as well. Satterfield was known for being an offensive mind um, at the previous destination at um, Appalachian State. And after 2019, things were going really well. I mean, you win eight games, including a bowl game, and, and it was extremely um, exceeding of expectations, but it was what happened after 2019 that kind of soured the fan base. So interesting. So I'm going to ask you after this, um, what your perception is about the Cincinnati job as Scott Satterfield prepares to take on that. We'll get into that after I tell you and our listeners why this episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Um, I have experience with this. This is how we assembled our staff at Bearcast Media. It was so easy to post the job, what we were looking for, who we were looking for, and all you have to do is create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs explaining what, what and who you're looking for. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We got to finish the year strong. That's how we were at Bearcast Media, and the right team member can help you do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcast. Back here on Lockdown Bearcats, Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day, Dalton Pence from Lockdown Louisville and straight down I-71 joining me today on our crossover. Sorry, you call it a crossover edition, if you will. We'll have another one hopefully next week before the Fenway Bowl between the Bearcats and Louisville Cardinals. Let me ask you this, because Louisville and Cincinnati are both very, very close in proximity. They've played some great baseball games over the years, and that that, that, that doesn't even state the rivalry enough. The, the, the football games they've played, the, the great basketball games they've played from uh, Sean Kilpatrick's game winner in 2014 to Russ Dickula Smith and Fifth Third Arena to break our hearts in February of that year. And yeah, the, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But let me ask you this. From afar, how do you view the, the job that Scott Satterfield's walking into uh, in Cincinnati? Well, obviously, with, with the transfer portal and, and how roster turnover is, um, you know, happening all across the country, I think that he's walking into a solid program. Look, I know that there is a debate uh, happening across both of our fan bases that are kind of um, discussing and arguing who is the better job, um, the expectations that uh, fall for both jobs and things of that nature. I, I am very, um, you know, I'm very impressed with what Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati and, and the manner in which he did it. So I have very high, um, you know, expectations for the Cincinnati program. That's why this hire was questionable to me. I'm not saying it couldn't work because you truly just don't know. Um, but but it is kind of questionable to me. I think that he's walking into a situation to where uh, Luke Fickle, um, you know, I'm not going to say he uh, built Cincinnati football because that would be obtuse because you've had a, a solid amount of head coaches in the past. But I think that he definitely took the program to, um, you know, higher heights. I know it's kind of redundant than what Brian Kelly did. Uh, when he was at with, at the Bear Guides program. So um, I think that the expectations from the fan base, if I am having the right perception, is that they're going to be realistically high. You know, this is an exciting new time. You're heading into the Big 12 where you're going to be, um, you know, back in the Power 5, which is exciting. Um, so it, it's interesting. I think that Scott Satterfield can't go to Cincinnati and win six to seven games on an annual basis and get off, you know, um, you know, scot free. I think that he's got to produce. And I think that honestly, I argued with someone, I think the expectations with the past five years or so, and you know, the future ahead, I think the expectations at this point are higher for Cincinnati from their fans than Louisville from their respective fans just because of the – I mean, you're two years re removed from the college football playoff. Yes, context matters, but this is not a job where Scott Satterfield can go into and coast, and I'm not suggesting that he's going to do that. But for those that are making the case that, oh, he's going to have more leniency at Cincinnati, I don't expect that to be the case whatsoever. I think he's going to have a little bit more time to where he's not going to get fired after year one he's going to have some more job security, but he's still going to have to produce in the long run. I think that's a great point that you bring up there because, and, and a lot of fans will tell you, and a lot of fans that I've talked to over the past few days and a lot of um, those who cover the team whom I trust, they will tell you the expectations have changed and Luke Fickle changed those expectations with the higher heights, as you alluded to Dalton. And I think, and I said to um, one of my colleagues, 
who covered the team, Russ Heldman, all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. I, you know, the talent is there right now, and you're going to be able to get talent in the transfer portal and recruiting. And I, I think Bearcat fans, you know, look, the expectation is to win a championship every year in conference play. But I would realistically say, okay, this team can at least go seven to five or eight and four next year in the Big 12 and get to a decent bowl game. So that leads me to this. Um, how is Scott Satterfield as a recruiter, and specifically, what areas of the country does he most specialize in when it comes to recruiting? So you have to look at it in pre-NIL and current NIL situations because NIL has changed the changed the game, especially for a program like Louisville that uh, brought Pierce Clarkson and Steve Clarkson with the Adidas connection um, has been instrumental in, in getting a lot of these higher rated guys. Now, none of them currently have decommitted from Louisville at this time. I would expect that not to be the case. I mean, when's the last time a, a coach has been a coach has left a new coach has come in and they haven't experienced one to two, you know, multiple decommitments. I, I think that Louisville's not going to be able to keep all 15 guys. They might not have been able to when Scott Satterfield was there, but um, he was recruiting at a very high level. There's this uh, perception that these players were committed to Louisville and not Scott Satterfield, which at this point in time, it seems like that is holding to be true, but we will see because um, signing day is still about two weeks away. Pre-NIL, um, his recruiting classes were getting better with each and every year. The average rating per recruit, the 21 and 22 classes were solid. Um, but the player development was, was kind of questionable. His area of expertise, he liked the Georgia area, liked to go into Georgia and get some of those diamond in the rough players. Same thing with the Carolinas, which is where he's from. Um, and then NIL, I mean, he's going from Florida to Cali to Texas. I mean, so, you know, I, I think you're looking sort of the Carolinas down the coast trying to get into Florida, um, into Georgia as well. Didn't necessarily have one area that he specialized in, but you're probably looking at southeastern part of the United States as, as where his recruiting background serves. And then obviously at Cincinnati, um, he, he'll try to use some of the Midwest ties that he's created to um, enhance that recruiting there. Interesting because a lot of this was talked about or asked to him on Monday at, the, at his introductory press conference. Are you going to be able to tie or, you know, get relationships with Cincinnati high school football coaches? Because we know how important that area is to the Bearcats football program. But I think also, as you allude to, Dalton, you know, going into a state like Georgia, the Bearcats haven't really dipped into the Southeast when it comes to recruiting. You know, I think they can dip into other areas like Texas and maybe, you know, California even. Um, specifically, St. John Bosco, which I'm told that you guys have, Louisville has a bunch of recruits who have committed from that school. Is that right? Yes, I think it is at four currently in that school and then there are two others or five at St. John Bosco now okay. and then I think one other in, in the California area. All right, so we'll touch on that. We'll touch about Scott Satterfield's offense, what his approach on offense is, including the development of the development of Malik Cunningham who really turned into be a fine quarterback from what I've seen at Louisville. Plus we'll talk about staff members who are coming with Satterfield to Clifton. I'll tell 
Well, we will talk about all of that after we explain how this episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Currently, right now, according to BetOnline, the Cincinnati Bearcats, one and a half point underdogs in the Fenway Bowl against Dalton's Louisville Cardinals. You can bet on that. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all. BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Dalton, obviously, um, the quarterback is the most important position, not just in college football, but any level of football. And Malik Cunningham, from afar, really kind of improved his game as his career went on. And Scott Satterfield and the offensive coaching staff at Louisville, to me, really developed him. Is that accurate? I wouldn't really go as far as saying that. Did he improve during his time at Louisville? Of course he did. Do I think that Scott Satterfield had a hand in that to an extent? I think he did. But I think that um, this season uh, really kind of epitomized the um, lack of development that the coaching staff the coaching staff had for Malik. Um, the same issues that Cunningham had in 2022 were the same issues that he had in 2019. Cunningham, one of the uh, deadliest dual threat quarterbacks in the ACC in that time frame, um, very, very solid player. This is no knock on Cunningham's game or anything like that. Um, but it come when it comes to um, you know making the right reads at times, he he still had the same struggles that he was dealing with a couple years prior. Um, deep ball accuracy, so on and so forth. Um, and really outside of Cunningham, the staff didn't develop any of the backups either. There was a backup quarterback issue. Um, and outside of Pierce Clarkson, the only quarterback that Scott Satterfield brought in was a Juco guy and Brock Doman, uh, and Evan Conley, but Evan Conley, um, has not played in basically two years. Uh, Brock Doman has, you know, struggled vastly at times and he's, he's been okay at times. So I think that he's improved at times, you know, Cunningham uh, wise, but I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that he, you know, vastly developed him. I think statistically speaking, you know, the guy was a starter here for four years. Um, so he's etched his name in the Louisville record books. He's a very solid player, but um, as far as being a quarterback, the Louisville offense was the main gripe for the fan base this season. All right, so what does a Scott Satterfield offense look like? Because the Bearcats right now have a dual-threat quarterback who hasn't really seen the field a lot in Evan Prater. He did start the final game of the regular season, and there were some good things, and there are some things he can obviously improve upon. Um, But what does a Satterfield offense look like? The Satterfield offense, his MO on offense is uh, the run sets up everything. Um, they, his offenses run the ball about 65% of the time, uh, having a dual threat quarterback is almost essential in his offense because of the, uh, read options and things of that nature. 
Um, but play calling was an issue in 2019, and it was an issue in 2022 all throughout there. Uh, the predictability on offense, uh, there was a span to where you could probably bet money that Louisville was running on every first down. And if they didn't run on first down, they were definitely going to run on second down. Um, and there were a lot of instances where, you know, the Cardinals got in third and long situations and, and really struggled to pick it up because of the lack of versatility in the play calling. So um, I think that maybe some of it was a personnel issue, but I mean, Louisville's had very, very solid skill players throughout his tenure and they've hit, they've had a solid offensive line and Malik Cunningham is a solid quarterback. So play calling wise was the issue. That was the main thing that, we focused on, you know, preparing to head into year five. Like, okay, somebody has to call the plays because if Scott Satterfield's calling the plays in year five, we're not going to see much growth. That's what I want to see most from, um, you know, his stint in Cincinnati is does he learn from what didn't work at Louisville? And, and that's the main thing here. So he's had the players, but the most alarming thing is, is his offenses have been sort of pedestrian because of the play calling it's almost like he's trying to call the plays for Appalachian State and for the um for mid-majors rather than you know the ACC play and in a era where you know trendy offenses that throw the ball over the field are you know in style Scott Satterfield reminds me of like an 80s offense in a lot of ways well, that's certainly not what a lot of Bearcat fans listening to this are going to want to hear. But hopefully, as you said, he can learn what he didn't do at Louisville and then do better mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. Um, talk to me about um, the assistant coaches who are going to come with him. Uh, we know Brian Brown's going to be the Bearcats' new defensive coordinator, it sounds like. And then Pete Thomas, the passing game quarterback's coach um from louisville's coming with satterfield now we don't know what his position is going to be yet at cincinnati um if he's going to keep the same position that he had at louisville we don't know really where gino gaduli is going to go with the current cincinnati offensive coordinator but talk to us about those two coaches in particular and what they can bring to the bearcats well brian brown has been a guy and pete thomas as well both of these guys have been with satterfield since the beginning uh pete thomas i believe played for satterfield if i'm not mistaken if i am mistaken i apologize but Brian Brown, this was a prove-it year for him. He definitely saved his job with the ability to switch up the defensive scheme and start to use the pad a lot, use the pass rush a lot more. Still some questions regarding the secondary. Um, not the greatest uh, rushing defensive techniques as well. Um, you know, Mainly a 3-4 base likes to rush three and, and utilize versatility in the linebacker core and, and the safety position. Um so it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, bounces off of this year where he had a solid year, um, but he was on the hot seat, you know, coming into the season. So that's worth noting. Pete Thomas is is a budding star in, in the industry. Um, you know, he's very well loved by the the quarterbacks at Louisville. Um, solid recruiter. Uh, whatever role that Cincinnati is going to have him in, he's going to be an asset in that role. Um, that's one of the losses that Louisville fans kind of winced at, although it was totally expected, but very, very solid addition to the Cincinnati staff, not only on the field, uh, but also really, really good dude and, and a very solid recruiter. He had a hand in, um, you know, recruiting out West. So, um, you know, possibly maybe Scott Satterfield for future classes looks to try to build that pipeline to Cincinnati with the help of Pete Thomas, who honestly, 
I think it's just a matter of time before he gets an offensive coordinator position somewhere and possibly rises up to head coach. I'll finish with a million-dollar question. Is Scott Satterfield the right guy to lead the Bearcats into the Big 12, to Big 12 championships, another college football playoff berth, and potentially a national championship? Is he the right guy for all of those reasons? for all those aspirations and expectations. If I'm basing this off what I saw at Louisville, which was extreme, I'll I'll probably say extreme mediocrity is what I would go to use it. I think that there were some solid points, especially this season, you know, beating some good teams, but there was never that showing at Louisville. Could he be the guy? I think so. I mean, I think that coaches learn and sometimes you have to switch things up and we've seen coaches all over the country, you know, learn what works and what doesn't. So maybe he takes what he, what he learned didn't work and apply it here, but I'm not going to sell the Bearcats expectations any short. I think that the expectations are high and I think they should be. Um, I think you have a very solid program. Look, I have a very, very uh, high admiration for Cincinnati. I'll just come out and say that uh, not just because I'm on the locked on Bearcats uh, podcast, but I, I think that, um, you know, for what you've done over the past handful of years to go from that, now it's hard to replace Luke fickle, but I look at this higher and it's just uninspiring to me. Um, could there be success? By all means, there could be uh, Scott Satterfield will have to switch some things up. Um, there will be some solid moments, but with, you know, the parents coming out and talking about, you know, what went down over the past four years, um, just overall never getting to where we wanted to be. Um, it's hard for me to sit here and tell you that he's the guy, uh, but I won't tell you that he's not the guy because I don't know because guys can change their coaching style. But at this point, if you were to ask me based upon what I saw over the past four years, I wouldn't be all that confident. Well, at the time of this recording, Lance McAllister, who hosts Sports Talk on 700 WLW, that's the wrong, that's his wrong account. He put a poll up on Tuesday night for fans um, how they feel about the, the the coaching hire in Scott Satterfield. And right now, at the time of this recording, that poll stands at 55%. Not sure. That goes right along, Dalton, with what you're saying. Want to get this in before we close. Um, Should have mentioned this at the end of or in in between segments two and segments three, but I'll say this. If you're looking to make a move, take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success. Debbie Weckstein Frank is a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage and Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents They have helped hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now at 937-672-3942. That's 937-672-3942 or visit teamweck.com. Dalton, it's been great having you on. Um, Dalton Penn's locked on Louisville. He's also a recruiting analyst for Card Sports Zone. Um, Dalton, final thoughts on Scott Satterfield, the keg of nails. Let's tease next Thursday's episode. Um, the keg of nails rivalry back temporarily. The Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati, 
and Louisville. Um, your final thoughts on Satterfield and what you're most looking forward to seeing in the Fenway Bowl in just yeah, about 10 uh, days. Mainly Fenway Bowls just to see who's playing for Louisville, um, you know, who's going to be coaching, because right now there's only a couple of coaches yeah. at the time. So um, we'll, we'll see. I'm not necessarily too focused much on the bowl game yet until I see those moving parts. Um, I think that Louisville and Cincinnati are at their best when the other is on the schedule yearly. Bring back the keg of nails each and every season. Yes. Let's make it happen. I love the rivalry. One of the Big East rivalries that I miss the most, along with uh, West Virginia for the Louisville Cardinals. The the hire itself, yeah. could it work? Sure. Um, uninspiring to me. There's some issues sure. uh, throughout Louisville that – um, you know, scream to me that you know Cincinnati could have done better, but you know who am I to say that it couldn't work? Um, so uh, high expectations. Hopefully for your fan base, um, he's able to live up to those. It's going to be an exciting time in the Big Twelve, um, but obviously time will tell. Let me ask you this, um, because his name was was floated out there. He's a the guy I wanted. Did you think Deion Sanders was a realistic possibility to come to Cincinnati? I think there could have been some traction. I, I, you know, this is no disrespect to Colorado, but I think that if he's considering Colorado, he probably could have considered Cincinnati as well because I think Cincinnati is the better program for sure. I don't see why he wouldn't. I think he would absolutely kill it at Cincinnati. No question. Um, no question about that. Dalton Pence, follow him on Twitter at dpence underscore. And uh, Dalton, thank you as always for uh, – your time today. We'll talk again next week ahead of the Fenway Bowl. Look into the matchup. And uh, it, it is going to be an interesting bowl game because everything Louisville's done this year has been under Scott Satterfield. He's now in Cincinnati. He's removed himself from anything involved with the game. Do you think that's a smart move? I do. I, I think that, well, honestly, any new coach, um, yeah. it's kind of protocol anyway, but definitely for this matchup for sure. Fair enough. Dalton, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to Locked On Louisville. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Dalton Pence from Locked On Louisville, kind enough to join me today here on Locked On Bearcats. Thank you for making it your first listen of every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Back tomorrow with Russ Hellman. Our weekly conversation is we as we tie a bow on the week that it has been in Clifton, the Cincinnati Bearcats hiring Scott Satterfield to be their next head coach. And uh, as Dalton just alluded to best, the local expert, we really don't know what he's going to bring. But I, as an optimist, am hopeful. Thanks. Or thank you. Or yeah, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Lockdown can provide Lockdown Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at Gmail. Dot com. For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe and stay healthy so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Back tomorrow with Russ Heldman of all Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, my colleague. And until then, have a great rest of your day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team 
every day.